Right. Nope. I mean, you went up, up and down on well, your microphone. Well, my microphone's <laughs> here. I went left over here and right over here. Because my microphone's down. sideways. My microphone is on an angle. Yeah, and you went up the microphone and then down the microphone. Oh, yeah, okay, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, well, maybe I have it set to recording top and bottom instead of left and right. Yeah, At least my right. microphone setup doesn't have the cable in the way that keeps getting knocked. Just saying. I haven't knocked that cable ever. Yeah, Not one. This side of the room's got the level of professionalism on this side of the room is just unbearable for you. Yeah, it is unbearable for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Cardboard, the board game podcast. I'm Devon Body. And I'm Steve Davis. All right, we're coming at you. It is January 2021, and we're going to hit you up with one of our favorites. My this most winningest game. Devon's most winningest game, the game that I've I have only been lost once, maybe, but I think that was actually a misremembering. No, Jonathan's won a couple times. No, it was only me. I'm the only one no, who Okay, won. okay, that's fair. <laughs> one thing I know... This is my no, dominion. I did lose the game. This is my dominion. I have never won this game. You've never won this game? I've never won this game. You've never won once. this game. No, not once. Wow. Never won this game. Not even against Sam? It's possible I won against Sam, but I don't even know if we finished that game. All right. Uh, so you would like it's not this kind of Got game it. isn't super up Sam's alley. Right. In which case it is up her alley. That's just a joke for her. This game is not up my alley for sure. Right. But it's so easy. I love this game. But I am apparently very bad at it because uh, I haven't won a single game. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. So this is this is slowly and not so slowly turning into my dominion. Right. Well, eventually you'll get that win and it won't feel as great as you thought it would yeah. be. Because <laughs> you'll win because everyone else had the worst game of their life. <laughs> That was the only reason I won that game of Dominion. We we and were having <laughs> very bad games. <laughs> Listen, let's it's save. Let's thing. save. Wait, no, 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 no. Let's save those stories. Dominion is coming up in a couple months. Let's yeah. save these stories for the Dominion episode. Got it. All right. But so this game is Machi really Coral. easy to win. Machi so Coral. easy. What is this game? What's in the box, Devon? What in is the in box, this box is a series of piles of cards along with some dice and a pile of money. So you're building up your city, and all you start with is a wheat field and a bakery. That's all you need in life, really. Yeah. From there, you build up to a grand metropolis with a train station, a shopping mall, an amusement park, and a radio tower. To be fair, I've never built up to all four of those. I frequently built up I to know. all four of okay. those. <laughs> Once you have built all four of those, the train station, shopping mall, amusement park, and radio station, a you radio win. tower, you win. How do you build them? You need that money. Yeah, it's just money that makes the world go round. So you earn money by rolling the die, and if it rolls a number that is part of a property that you own, you get a corresponding amount of money. So for instance, uh, Devon mentioned that you start with a wheat field and a bakery. The wheat field has the number one on it. The bakery has the number two and three. So if you roll a one, or anyone rolls a one, you'll get money. Uh, and if you roll a two or a three on your turn, you get some money as well for the bakery. Yeah, there's four different colors of cards that will give you different effects. So there's the blue cards, which work on anyone's turn. There's green cards that work on your turn. There's red cards that work on other players' turns. And then there's purple cards, which work on your turn, but only when you roll a six. 
And the reason they are purple is because they actually take money from other players. Yes. They're similar to the spirit of the red card. So, how does this game work? Well, at the start of the game, you roll one die. Every person rolls one die on their turn, and it's very Catan-esque. The number that uh, comes up matches the corresponding numbers on the cards and gets people money, presumably. And then you spend that money on new cards. Yes, each card can be uh, purchased from the center of the table. There's a a lot of different piles uh, ranging in numbers, 1 all the way up to 12. By buying those, you can broaden your horizons and have more numbers on the dice to, to get you money. Yeah, and the best part about it is you can stack on the same number. Yes, so if one wheat field, you get one coin from the bank on your turn or on any person's turn when they roll a one, if you have three of those, each of those will get you one coin. Yep, for a total of three, and then you can make bigger purchases on your turn. Exactly. And then, also on your turn, you might roll one of your green numbers. These tend to have broader ranges or give you a higher payout than the blue cards, but they only occur on your own turn. Exactly. If Devon rolls a four on his turn, I do not get the three coins from the convenience store. Yeah, but if you roll that four on your turn, look out. I Especially if you bought coins. a few of them. Especially if I have a few of them. And then use the money that you earn from each of those properties to activate your train station, shopping mall, amusement park, or radio tower. These really change up how the game works. Yes, especially because each of those has a special ability that comes with it. For instance, the first one, we might not get into all of them, but the first one allows you to roll one or two dice. So instead of just rolling the one die that goes up to a maximum of six, you could then choose to roll two dice, allowing you to actually start purchasing some of the higher number properties because you now can roll the higher numbers. And as an added benefit, you also stop rolling one. That is true. So you would not roll the wheat field any longer. That is true. You can also activate the other cards for extra abilities that let you get a little bit extra money, re-roll your turn, or if you roll doubles, you take another turn. You don't have to unlock them in order. Each one of those winning buildings, the train station, shopping mall, amusement park, or radio tower, has a different cost, as low as four coins and all the way up to 22 coins which is pretty expensive. So so each one has its own ability. You don't have to unlock them in order, but obviously the cheaper it is, the faster you unlock it. Which doesn't necessarily mean you'll unlock it faster, or if you do unlock the radio tower first, you can choose to re-roll your die. So if you roll a number you didn't want, you get a second chance at rolling one you do. Yeah, so each one has its own uh, advantages. So it's just part of the strategy is choosing which one of those to unlock first. Yeah. And there's not an unlimited amount of any given number. So you are competing with the other players to get the best properties for the best numbers. Yeah, I believe the maximum number is, I think, six cards of each particular type. Meaning once all six of those have been purchased, no one can now purchase any more. They've all been purchased up. There are no more. So So, once those are out, they're out. It makes it a very good thing in this game to get a monopoly on a certain property and just go for that. Or you can spread yourself out, make sure you get everything on every number. If we want to, we can uh, maybe get into some of the strategies. And I think that's one of the key strategies you go after all the time. Is it not? Yeah, have a theme to it. Having a monopoly. Yeah, yeah, of something. Yeah, of something or anything, really. Yeah, having that monopoly, even though you're not getting the die roll every turn, uh, when you do hit that number, you hit it big. Yeah, especially if it's one of the 
blue cards where it activates whenever anyone rolls that number. That can be that can be huge. They just typically are much uh you don't cash in as much. So I mean one of the cards I like to go after is the forest. Now it's a bitter it's a little bit more on the expensive side. It costs three coins. But by going after that one, uh, especially towards the middle of the game, when people are starting to unlock the two dice, it's a five. So five can actually come up fairly decently on two dice. So I like the five because it can be rolled with the one or with the two dice and still have a fair chance of being rolled. Yeah, and then you can pair that with another one of the cards, which every time you roll a card with a gear on it... The forest has a gear on it. You get an extra amount of money on your Yeah, and actually some of the cards have different symbols. So like the bakery has the bread. The wheat field has a wheat symbol. The forest has a gear symbol. There are different cards that allow cards with those symbols to get more coins. Or those cards get more coins based on however many, for instance, gear symbols you actually have in your town. Which is a great way to get a ton of money on your turn. Yeah, and you're almost like doubling down on the same thing. If I if I buy four forests... And then um, the furniture factory. And then I buy one furniture factory... I'm still getting money for those four forests when I roll the number for the furniture factory. Which is an eight. Yeah, exactly. So you're almost doubling down on the same cards you've already purchased. So that's also another good strategy to consider. You can also buy those high number cards when you aren't able to roll multiple dice. Yes. Just you want to buy the ones that can get you money on anyone's turn. Because if someone else is rolling two dice buying, for instance, the apple orchard that I see you have in front of you. Yep. Even though you can't roll it, it gets you coins on someone else's turn. So if someone yeah. rolls a 10, there you go. Yeah. So the apple orchard gets you three coins on anyone's turn. See, that's a lot of money. And it does cost three coins to get. So that is you expensive. do need to invest a little bit. But say you're only rolling one die, but everyone else on the table is rolling two. Yes. If you pick up an apple orchard, then you can cash in on them taking two die and you can take that money and, say, buy the radio tower before everyone else. Exactly. And give yourself a different advantage while still cashing in on the advantage they gave themselves. Yeah, so you can avoid rolling the high numbers that they need because they started getting the yes. two die cards while, while still taking advantage of their rolls. And then maybe you do just try to roll that one that they can't roll. That's fair. That's fair. And cash in on that. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm the last person to be giving a strategy advice, <laughs> having never won this game in the, you know... Well, you can still think it through. ...dozen or so times. A I mean, you've watched times. me win so many times. I have, I have observed <laughs> people win so much, so, so much. It just never seems to work out for me. That being said, uh, maybe we can dig into some of the cards. Sure. Some of the stranger cards in this game are the three different kinds of six cards. Yeah. So we can talk about those a little bit. I'll start off. The stadium card. It's obviously a six. So when you roll six, you get this. It has to be on your turn. But it gets you two coins from all players. So every player gives you two coins. So in a, in bigger games, this is up to a four-player game, but I'm sure it's expandable. But uh, that's, you know, six coins right there that you just got. So yeah. that's, that's huge. And you also got to take away from the other player. Exactly. Exactly. And then... If you add in, say, the TV station, when you did roll that six on your turn, you also get to take five coins from one player. Exactly. So you're potentially dropping seven coins from a single player. Yeah. Plus the two coins from everyone else. And then there's one more card, 
and that's the business center. So it says trade one of your non-radio tower establishments with another player on your turn only. So if you actually take this business center card and you roll a six, you could actually give it to someone else and take one of those, you know, the TV station. Well, that allows you yeah. to take five coins. So if someone, say, does have a monopoly on a number that you wanted, you can trade, say, the wheat fields that you purchased at the start of the game, but you don't need anymore. You can give those to another player and then take their forests or mines. Yeah, and actually, I just I did I do realize I did read that card wrong, and I thought you were trading the uh, the six cards, but no, it's oh, no, non six no. cards. Yeah. So yeah, actually, that's uh, that is really valuable. You can start taking from someone's monopoly. Yeah. Or building up your own monopoly. Or just taking numbers away from them entirely. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you were trying to get the monopoly on the, like, for instance, the forest, but someone else bought a couple, you, know, you could just start stealing from them when the sixes yeah. get rolled. Sure, yeah. you do have to give them something back, but it might throw a big enough wrench in their plan to get you the ahead. Exactly. And you could you could start throwing them, well, you know, ones and twos of different things so that they're more spread out rather than the Monopoly, which we do know is a, a pretty valuable strategy. Yeah. That being said, there is a lot of value in just getting a constant income from being on every number where you're always getting something. That is that is true. Having that constant income is good. You just want to make it's, it. I think what makes it more difficult as a strategy is it's hard to, say, not buy something on your turn when you have a few coins. Right. And I feel like uh, because you want to keep advancing your, your town, right? So if you have four or five coins, of course you're going to want to buy something for one, two, or three coins. In the uh, Monopoly strategy, you're going to go a few turns without having any coins. So you have no choice to buy anything, uh, to not buy anything at all. Uh, yeah, and true. then when you get that big influx of coins, you then buy things that are uh, larger or more valuable. So that might be one of the advantages of the Monopoly is you don't have the option to buy up smaller things here and there. Yeah, so you Does that to, make sense? Yeah, Somebody... you do have to make your purchase when you can make it really count. Exactly. So I, I think if you want to do that, spread yourself out, lots of numbers, getting small, uh, uh, small income every turn, saving the money for the bigger purchases, or staying consistent with your purchases. Yes. Again, I've never won, so take <laughs> take it all with a grain of salt. But, I mean, you learn more in defeat than in victory. Man, then I am that... the smartest Machi Coral player there is. <laughs> smartest. Yeah, so it's also very important to keep track of what the other players are buying. So if you see someone perhaps really going down on, like, a two, maybe you should pick up a lot of the, uh, ca the cafe red cards which let you steal coins from anyone who rolls a two. Right, because that is, yes. So if someone's picking up a lot of the bakery, which you get a two, uh, gets them money on a two, you could pick up the cafe, which is also a two, but that one is a stealing card. Or it's a three, sorry. Cafe. And it gets one coin from the player who rolled the three. So that is a good way to counter uh, someone who's picking up a lot of the twos and threes. Another another strategy, too, is to, when you're looking at what people are taking up, so there's two options you really have. One, start grabbing the same thing to prevent them from having that monopoly. Or two, ignore whatever it is that they keep buying up and start buying up something else. Have your own monopoly. Kind of a break-even scenario in both situations. If but you I think those do are two see good that someone has, say, picking up a lot of the blue cards, 
where if anyone rolls it, they get that amount of money. Yes. You could purposely roll one or two die if you have the option to avoid rolling that number. I mean, that's fair, too. If Yeah, like you in your example of someone buying a lot at the bakery, which is a two or three, that could be a reason to advance to the two dice advancement and start picking up properties that get you more money with two dice. Yeah, especially if you've picked up the four, five, and six, which are a little bit more likely to roll with two die than, say, two and three. Yeah, exactly. Like, sometimes you can fall into the trap of saying, well, I'm going to start buying up these high number pieces because now I have two dice. But there are more variables that you could roll, so your numbers are going to be spread out more. So still don't spread yourself too thin in this case. I highly suggest. Yeah. Uh, even if you're not going to have a monopoly on one or two things, I wouldn't buy more than five or six different properties uh, or different numbers, maybe, just to, to, to keep your numbers in a in the right kind of what am I trying to say? Don't spread yourself too thin because eventually that's just going to mean you're you're pulling in too little money. You need to pull in at least a decent amount of, of income. Yeah, and of course, remember the spread of the die. Seven is the most common with two die rolls. That's with fair. With one, they are even. And then six and eights are also very high. This is something Catan has taught us yeah. very well. Consider that as well. Yeah, so What's don't overlook likely? the cheese factory. Don't overlook the cheese factory. The stadiums, the furniture factory, but even like the nines and fives are, are pretty good for being rolled. So Yeah. And of course, if you do see your opponents going down on that seven, eight, nine range, just roll one die. It's not just about the properties you have, it's what it's also about what you're rolling. How to win at this game. Special memo from me. Oh. Don't cheat, because that counts as losing. <laughs> I mean okay. play fair, fair play enough. honest. Fair enough, fair enough. I mean, that still takes me back to the house rule that I still want to do, just no one wants to do, which is cheating's allowed, but if you get caught, there's a, some sort of penalty. I still right, think right. that would be a lot of fun to try, because we would all be trying to cheat all at the same time in different ways, and it would be a lot of fun. Yeah. But So you do have to keep track of your opponents. So if your opponents yes. are focusing on stealing money away from other players yeah then you want to go for the big score on one turn are you talking about cheating no no not okay okay so. <laughs> when you said stealing money i thought you meant like oh no, literally no. people trying to like stealing money within the rules gotcha i understand That's so if you see that someone has like got a lot the of red six cards. they got a lot of the red cards yeah then you don't want money lying around on your side on your turn mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you want to just get a large amount of money on your turn and spend it immediately. Yeah, I mean, that is fair. That's that uh, just more points towards the monopoly strategy, which we, we, I mean, as players across a lot of board games do tend to go with the uh, monopoly style, the glass cannon type specialist rule where we just put everything into one or two things. Yeah. So um, I think, I think you kind of get our strategy on this. Monopoly might be the way to go in this game. Yeah. I think you've won Blue every game with that. Blue cards and red cards play very nicely together. If you yes. want to obtain both. Uh, the green cards play very nicely with the red cards. I think red cards just play well with everything. Um, except <laughs> if you only have red cards. Well, I mean, there are only yeah. two different kinds of red cards, so that'd be pretty, yeah. pretty bad planning on your own part. Yes, you're absolutely right. If you just go like red and purple, it's not going to get you anywhere. No, no, you're going to have a couple nice moments to feel good, but you will quickly uh, fall behind. Yes. You, you, the, the, the blue and green cards are the lifeblood of this, of this game. You want to have 
good chances of getting things on other people's turns, but also uh, you want to score it big on your own turn. So giving yourself a spread of blue cards just so that you get something on every roll, and then maybe uh, monopolizing uh, some of the green cards is, is a really good strategy. All right, Especially um, something with a range. Yes, which there are only two or three cards in the game with a range. The bakery is the two to three. I think there's a, a the eleven twelve, and isn't there like a nine ten? That's the, like the red one. I yeah. So there are only a couple cards with the range, but remember it does double your chances of uh, of it getting rolled. How do we feel about this game? Well, I really enjoy this game. It lets you really play a lot around with what you want to do when you're playing right. it. There is a fair amount of strategy, even though it's entirely driven by dice. Uh, you do get to pick out the cards that you like, and you can spend your money or hold on to it for one more turn and see if you can maybe afford the other thing. It's also got a lot of race aspects to it, where you race against the other players to obtain the proper property. I mean, that actually, I was thinking about that earlier. I forgot about it. it when we were talking about watching what other people are taking, right? I mean, you see someone take two of the same card, you might not think about it too much. But by the time they get around and they take the third card, you're hopelessly behind. Yeah. So if you see someone take like a second of a card, maybe that's all they wanted, but maybe they're starting a monopoly and you you need to make that decision of, am I going to hinder that monopoly by buying the same thing? Uh, or do I need to start getting some sort of off offset for that monopoly? So um, it, it, that's a delicate balance because once they get that third card, I think there's, like I said, there's only six of each card aside from the purple ones don't sit on it don't wait to see where they go have your own strategy and if you're going to counter their strategies do it early the worst case is they don't go for that strategy and you've just picked up a couple extra cards yeah yeah or just play your own game ignore all the other players yeah that's the other thing is is just pick up your own strategy and just do whatever it is you want for myself uh yeah i i mean despite never having won this game i do love it quite a bit it's a uh, a city building game Almost like a deck building game, but not really. Like an engine building? I mean, there's near limitless different ways to build it and, and different strategies. And there's just enough randomization that anything can happen. But uh, enough strategy that you can kind of help tilt those those odds in your favor. Absolutely love this game. I will give this one furniture factory out of the apple orchard. I'm going to say that this game is definitely a radio tower. Everyone should listen. <laughs> That's... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Everyone, listen, please. And I have to say, this podcast is a radio tower. Everyone needs to listen. And to those of you who are listening, we want to thank you very, very much. We appreciate it very much. We don't have a lot of listeners, but uh, we do want to continue doing this. It's you don't have a lot of listeners. I you... have a ton of listeners. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. My mistake. My mistake. I don't have a lot of listeners, but we just want to say thank you for that. Please follow us on our social at Cardboard Podcast. Uh, couldn't fit the T. That's on Twitter and at Cardboard Podcast on Instagram. And that's all we have. Machi Koro. Machi Koro. Check it out. Lots of expansions. We'll probably revisit this game in the future, talking about the expansions. Well, once we actually get them, but we definitely are going to get them because uh, this is a tremendous game. Tremendous cool. game. Please check it out. But now that I've given you my winning strategies, I have to come up with new winning strategies so that you don't beat me with my own winning strategies. I've known your winning strategies the whole time, and I still haven't won. Oh, then never mind. It's kind of a it's not you, it's me 
right, this right. scenario here, <laughs> I believe. I well, believe. maybe I helped you uh, get one step closer. Maybe, maybe you have. All right, everyone. That's all we have for you this week. Tune in to our two next episode, now. two weeks from now, where we'll be talking about the Magic Labyrinth. Yes. A very fun game. Yes. Puzzle game. Maze game. You'll find out what it is, and so will I, on the next episode. Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye.